exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowlers Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest was here with us last week for part one of this two-part series. And his resume is a powerful one, including him being a three-time PBA Tour national champion, a nine-time PBA regional champion, a world-class and respected USBC gold coach, and a member of several halls of fame, including the prestigious USBC. He's always been a great friend, husband, and father. So, Phantom fans, here he is again, Bill Spigner. Hello, Bill, and welcome back to the show. And before we get too far into this edition, uh, I want to thank you again for being here again this week as you were here last week. So, thanks again, Pards. Uh, my pleasure, Phantom, and it's uh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I feel honored to be able to be part of your show the many shows you've done and the quality of people that you have on and the diversity of the people, it's always been fun to uh, to listen to and follow. Well, I appreciate hearing that. And uh, we try to do, you know, diversify all the guests that you mentioned. And uh, we, there's coaches, there's owners, there's bowlers, there's pros, there's pro shop guys. There's all different kind of people. And that's the important thing we want to pass along as much information as knowledge as we can. And before we get started, uh, we need to mention one of our new sponsors. So I want you all to get your pencils and papers ready. And and, and that's Glenn Allison. Uh, we mentioned it last week. Uh, he's a new sponsor to our show. He's a great Hall of Famer, a wonderful guy. He's in his 90s. He's still trying to bowl. He's got a broken back, but he's out there every day. He loves the sport. He's always had a passion for it. And here's your chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir in this brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt, and you can enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. 
Well, this 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it saying, 900, I did it. So you can call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, to order it at 714-309-7587 and be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. So call Jerry at 714-309-7587 and be sure to mention Phantom Radio for your discount. And while you have your pens and pencil ready, paper and all that, I uh, want to mention once again uh, Bill's website, which is just a fantastic, fabulous website, very complete. His wife takes care of it. And so, Bill, I want you to tell everybody what that website address is and anything else you'd like to add. Uh, thanks, Adam. Uh, it's basically uh, BillSpeigner.com, B-I-L-L-S-P-I-G-N-E-R. Dot com, and it's been a, it's been a great website. It's a labor of love for my wife. She's very organized and uh, uh, project oriented, and 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 just highly highly organized again. So anyway, she does a great job, and uh, I'm very proud of it and her for doing this. Yeah, I mentioned last week. I go there every week. It's a it's a beautiful site. It's in color, and it's to totally complete. Uh, she's a business type woman that gets right down to the brass tacks, but uh, she does a fantastic job. And this particular show uh, with Bill, uh, he's a popular guy. As a matter of fact, he knew, uh, everybody knows that he was going to be on the show because it's advertised. But we got a couple of questions from another world-class coach, which is a real compliment to Bill because this guy's well-known as the guru but those of you who don't know who the guru is, is Gary Parsons. Uh, and I'm sure you know him very well, right, Bill? Yes, yes. I had the, the pleasure to work with Gary a couple of times at uh, Bob Somerville uh, uh, Super School. And he had Rolling uh, This Month magazine. He was the original originator of it. And it was it was. Fabulous. I mean, there were so many people there and so many coaches and stuff. It just was uh, the who's who and bowling and coaches and the amount of people that came to it. It did one year in Ohio, then the next year was in Reno, and Reno was just monstrous. But it was a lot of fun, and Gary's a, a student of the game and an asset to our sport. Boy, he sure is. He has a huge pro shop, too, back east, and uh, he's well-respected himself, very intelligent. He's read everything there is to read in bowling magazines and books and whatnot. And he asked me a bunch of questions all the time. And now that he knows you're on there, he has sent me a couple questions. Uh, you answered a couple of them last week. But here we go again with another one. And this question, uh, regarding your continuing philosophy and all that, but how do you view being cross-trained by various peers in developing a game as opposed to coach's eye? Uh, interesting question. And some of it is good, some of it's not. You know, there's people that have one coach for many years and the person gets to know the individual 
And they, even if they're not technically savvy about explaining it, they know what it looks like. So they could tell that individual when something doesn't look like, and then they have to backtrack to feel what they did, and they know what the feeling is. And a lot of bowlers are also different. Some of them want to know every bit and piece of what they're doing. Others just want to know the feeling of it. They, they, you know, like Pete Weber, he was a field bowler. Everybody was a field bowler, first of all, in my opinion, because with bowling, when you're bowling, you, you can't see yourself and you can't measure what you're doing. And the only thing you can judge what, whether you're doing well or not is based on what you see the ball do and what you feel. So feel oriented is, is very important. However, a lot of a lot of people that bowl sometimes they want to a lot of people want to know what they're doing and why they're doing it and other people don't want to know at all so i've had people that come to me and I, I i teach lots and lots and lots of kids i have tons of kids and i have a lot of adults and the adults a lot of times they'll come from fairly far away but by the time they get to me they've been to everybody under the sun and so everybody has a little different methodology and a little different outlook on what things should be. And, you know, those are hard to coach sometimes because they'll, you'll start off and saying about this and then they'll say, well, Harry in California said I should do this. Okay. Well then let me explain why I should have you do what I'm recommending you to do and also explain why they do it. So, you know, it's a deeper explanation of stuff. And then you have other people that just want to just do it. Just like I said, it's a feel thing. They just want to feel it. They don't want to know a lot. They just want to have a little bit better understanding of what goes wrong when they throw the ball. For example, you know, there's two highlights after somebody comes knowledgeable in a decent approach. There's two timing points that I tell people they have to really concentrate on. And the first one, more than anything, is the timing of the ball up the hand. Did it come off too early on time or too late? And too early means you're slipped out of it maybe. Uh, on time, you just got there perfect. Too late was a cause of something. Did the thumb stick to you or did you grab the thumb hole? So from that feeling and learning that feeling, then you can backtrack further back into the approach about what caused that feeling to happen. And a lot of times people don't... Uh, work on fitting their thumb hole properly. They don't want to mess with tape. Well, and I tell people that don't want to mess with tape, there isn't one professional bowler in the world that doesn't use tape, except the two-handers now, obviously, and the one thumb, no thumbers. But anyways, that's, uh, uh, so everybody uses some form of fitting tape to modify the shape of the hole because no thumb is exactly the same size all the time. It varies greatly. You wake up in the morning, your hand is swollen. You bowled a lot the day before, your hand is swollen. You start bowling and you go on at a faster pace, your hand shrinks. Then you have a little break, your hand swells up. So there's no way one thumb hole can fit anybody all the time. <clears throat> so go back tracking to the feeling of losing the ball there's two points in the swing where I try to get people to recognize where they're feeling the loss of the thumb. One is on the way back, one is at the, the bottom of the swing and the back swing, and one is one is descending into the release zone. And if you have to grab it to hang on to it, either one of those two points, then you're not going to release it on time because you're influencing the shot based on that. So anyways, I know that doesn't answer the question about multiple teachers, 
And I'm not against it at all. We have some great facilities in the country. You know, you got Mark Baker on the West Coast. You got Ron Hatfield. You got the Guru. You got Billy Hall. There's a ton of really, really good coaches out there. And so when when I get somebody that's gone to a lot of places, I, I have to know what those coaches know. So I study everybody. And even in the pro shop side of it, because I was in the pro shop business for many years, and I think that's an integral part of being a good coach is knowing how to fit a ball to somebody's hand when they come in to get a lesson because if the ball don't fit, how do you give a lesson? So anyways, I I, I don't, uh, I, I tell people, go ahead and go, you know, and uh, somebody's uh, one of my coach, one of my students, and they said, well, I want to go to Kegel. I said, well, go there. I mean, it's a great place. And we'll talk about it when you get back and we'll talk, talk about what you want over. And if something uh, doesn't work out right, we could talk about that. And a lot of times when somebody, a lot of people, when they're getting coached, they don't hear as much. And I am one that gets very technical and uh, you're kind of overloading, but 95% of the people that I have, come for lessons by a four lesson package so i got them four times so the first lesson is getting to know the person and overloading them and i tell them that and i said by the end of the lesson we're going to have one or two things that you're going to have to think about and it's your job to go practice those things so the next time we don't have to go over all this other stuff and that's and that's one of the hard parts about going out and going to everybody under the sun there's no follow-up so you know if you have somebody that's not very good and and they only can take you at a certain level they should know that and recommend you go to somebody else and and if you're coaching a lot you should know who to recommend somebody to go to and i recommend people to go to places i got people that out of state they email me you know where you know they find out where i'm at and too far away is there anybody in the area so i i reach out to somebody i know in the area and find out about who's the coaches there so i can send them to somebody so, and yeah, one thing I, I noticed, you know, I, I'm not even close to being a good coach, but I've bowled league for years and years. And you know what? Every bowler is a coach because somebody in your team is usually in a slump and they'll come and ask you, what am I doing wrong? And I don't know how many thousands of times I've heard, well, you're dropping your shoulder. You know, that's the main thing everybody has a problem with. And yeah, as you get, Go along. Uh, I got involved with that bowling school with uh, Julie Emerson and Frank Ellenberg years ago, and I was so lucky to be hanging around for a couple of weeks with Don Johnson and Sam Baca. Well, what they would do was they would separate the class into two groups, and Don would teach one group, Sam would teach the other. Then they'd switch, and Don probably couldn't get to some of the people and Sam couldn't get to some of the people. And the reason was they weren't saying it the way that person would understand it. So if Sam would say it, uh, they might understand it. But you know what I'm saying is that certain people say things a certain way and they're saying the same thing, but you have to say it the right way to get to them. And, And like you mentioned, you've got this tremendous clientele from juniors probably all the way up to seniors and they've been to somebody before whatnot and you got to get through to them and maybe break a couple bad habits that they're got ingrained in their game so 
coaching is very, very difficult. But I, before we get much further, I've got one more question from the guru. Uh, if I don't ask it, he's going to get all over me because I know he wants to know this answer. He says he wants to know that when you learn and become a good coach and receive a, and you become a, a good coach and you want to train somebody to become a high level player and or a high level coach or instructor. So what kind of advice do you have to somebody, you know, that's the main thing? Well, it's a lifetime commitment. And I had, I had somebody say to me one time many, many years ago, it was related to golf. And, and you get a lot of coaches in golf and we have a lot of coaches in bowling <clears throat> that start out at a very young age. And he says, I don't want that, that 25-year-old give me a lesson. I want to go to the gray-haired guy over there <laughs> and have him give me a lesson because he's been around the block. <laughs> and, and continuing learning, as I said last week, I'm 73 and I'm still learning and relearning and, you know, exploring all the time. And if I'm still doing this and I'm still get, garnering information about helps, what that helps me to help others, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Not to discount somebody that's young in the sport because you have to start somewhere because I was that guy. And so is all the, the, the great coaches forever. They were always the beginning guy, but they have a thirst for helping people. And so as a coaching side of it, you can never stop learning and, and training somebody to be a coach. You have to start at the grassroots and USBC has great programs. They have the uh, uh, beginner program that you can do online and the bronze, the silver. And then if you're qualified, you can go through the gold process, which is an enormous process. But you have to have the basics of understanding the sport. And a lot of people don't learn that. And going back to that PBC manual we talked about a little bit last week, that was very involved. And I, I give that to some people, coaching friends, to look at. And, they, they, and they, they can't read it because they don't understand all the stuff that's in there, incomplete push-away, swing playing, arcs. And, you know, it's because it, it, it's a kind of a lost art. And in the math, the basic math of bowling, I still use that. But, however, I have to modify it greatly based on oiling patterns. And then you have to develop a straight spare game because for many people because they can't think the mathematical adjustments because it gets complex. Because the math only works on one condition, then another condition that doesn't work, then you have to expand that. Yep. So being a coach – it's a never-ending uh, process. Like the guru, you said he has a great pro shop there. And I was in the pro shop business and coaching, and they work hand-in-hand. Hand. And I've always been a firm believer of coaching. You have to know pro shop. And when we were forming the gold program, I was part of the task force with Susie Minchu, Fred Borden, Jerry Edwards, uh, Bob Mackey, and some others at the headquarters up at the ABC and there was nothing in there about pro shop and I kept pushing for pro shop and it was, there was a lot of pushback about it originally. And all of a sudden we got it in there and they understood it. And one of the coaches who's a famous coach now became very good at hitting balls, taping and stuff like that. Because again, if you don't, if you, as a coach, you, you can't fit a ball on the fly for somebody to bowl with you really can't give them a lesson. Even if it's not perfect, you have to be able to do that. So 
you know, the, the building process for a coach is very extensive and it never, it never ends. Uh, even in knowing bowling balls and stuff and you don't have to be an expert at them, but you have to understand basically if you see the pin here and the mass bias here, what the ball is supposed to do. So, yeah. And as far as player goes, that's the same thing. A player has to, first of all, learn the basic fundamentals of the game. And that's starting right up from building a stance understanding the dots and the arrows and their relationships of each other to each other and to the pins and the lane itself, the board numbers and, and knowing that you know, how do you have to get the ball to travel the right direction. And then you got to learn today in, a, in, the, in the modern game, even though I always say the game is still the same game as 60 feet to the head pin, but the game is sped up exponentially because you have to adjust faster the bowling balls are faster. They rev up faster. They rev up slower. There, there's such a variety there. So the thinking process in the sport has to be really, really fast. So to build a bowler, it, it's just right from the beginning. You go all the way through, and every step they go, all of a sudden they realize they know a lot. But as I said last week, they start understanding more about what they don't know, which <laughs> better because then you start exploring more and you know going back to jumping around to a lot of different people if you have a, a, a let's say gold level or a silver level that's pro shop and been around a long time those, those people have a, an incredible amount of uh, knowledge and then you add to it too lane conditioning too you know you're a lane you know, lane man, I, I, when I grew up and I was oiling lanes at 15 years old, I was using a spray gun. And then they had a machine. They had a machine that had this AMF machine yeah. that didn't have a hood and had jets. By the time we get done oiling the house, there was a fog at the end of the lanes on the, at the back end from oil. <laughs> it was, it was, and I didn't know what I was doing. So I would always like, well, my pair, I always double oil them for league. I had no idea. I said, pros like them tight. So I made them tight. So. <laughs> So, I'll have a little story about that later. So that's that remind me of that one. So, but anyway, it's just yeah. you know, solar is just constantly evolving. I mean, you got they got to know themselves. They got to know lane conditions. They got to know reading the graphs now and how to start out playing the lanes the right way with the graph. They didn't have to fit the bowling ball in. It gets very extensive, and but all the information's out there, so it's actually easier to learn now. Even though everybody thinks the game is, to me, the game is more complicated, but the, all the information is out there. Sure, and when sure. we were learning, the, the information was out there, but the, the equipment and the change of the conditions wasn't as fast. Yeah, there, there's so much to it. And again, me and you, we can talk for hours and hours about all this, but I got to say one thing about that AMF machine that uh, it was called the Unimatic. It had three jets. And everywhere I'd go, all the jets were pointing to the middle. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of funny. But anyway, parts, I'm looking at the old clock on the wall. And as usual, we're running out of time. And I appreciate all the knowledge that you pass along and the information. Uh, I'm going to have you on from time to time because, as you just said, the game changes so much, it's hard to keep up with it. But. Phantom fans, the old clock does tell me we're out of time, and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have another great guest to talk to, and I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller. 
and Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan, who just this past week entered the Coaches Hall of Fame. So from Phantom Radio, I want to thank Bill Spikner, his wife Barbara, and I'll be talking to you again soon, Pards. So this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me and soon I